Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. <laughs> so we were going to open this episode with a singing Come on Eileen, but we're not doing that for... There we go, Dustin. This moment... You mean you everything. everything. Yeah. Um, so. That's all you guys. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all you're going to get. Uh, I am Tim. And this is Dustin. Hi. And this is Mindy. Hi. And we don't have Curtis tonight. Curtis uh, forgot. And for... also he's sick. Those I know. I'm Curtis. He's feeling bad. And, well, he was and... also going to play catch up because he oh, had yeah. a whole. He, yeah, he didn't watch any of Preacher. Because we have, we last week we finished Fear the Walking Dead's mid-season. And we reviewed it, and you can find that review, obviously, on podcast.com and iTunes. This week... Because you found this one. Uh, yeah, one, one would think somehow. <laughs> next week, th- this week and next week, we will be doing Preacher. Right. And then we will be doing Teen Wolf, because we're in Teenage the final... Wolves and Friends. That's right. The Wolves that are teens... And the re- family. ...return for the second half and of their final. final season. Second half of final season. And Dustin, of course, is a huge fan of the show, and... Okay. Uh, this is the first time, this season is the first time I have watched the show and I found myself entertained as long as I don't think about it too hard. And some shows are a lot of fun that way. Yeah, some shows are better when you're just like, no, just stop. (laughs) Yes, Tim, every family in this town has an underground bunker full of cash and weapons. Except for the McCalls, and they just have their mid-century colonial that they somehow survive on a single mother's nursing salary. Right. So, as long as you don't think about these things or apply logic, um, yeah, it's very entertaining. So, we will be going back to Teen Wolf in a couple of weeks. But for now, um, we are going to take this opportunity for this week and next week to talk about Preacher. Which we were able to cover fully last year, but not so much this year because of reasons. I feel like... Overlapping shows. There's so much on right now that it's really kind of hard. too much shows. We need to change the name of this podcast from Zompocalypse Now to Too Much Shows. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've talked periodically about having a secondary show or at least a couple of spinoffs where perhaps you might get some supplementary episodes where we're able to do stuff where Dustin might do a one-off where he's he's watching a TV show and, you know, I don't know... um, what other show? Orphan Black. Orphan Black. So, so he's Orphan he's watching Orphan Black, and he might give you like a five to ten minute supplementary episode where he's talking about you know this cool thing on this week, and then I might do something with Winona Earp or something like that, where we're able to talk about the shows that we're not able to do this with. Maybe we talk not, about talk yeah. about the shows we watch. We don't talk about because there's so many great shows, and I'm not able to write reviews like I used to. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. there's a ton of shows I'm not able to review just because of time. Too much shows. So anyway, we are talking about Preacher, which is. We really enjoyed the first season, Dustin and I. Mindy caught up on yes. the first season. Hilarious. It was a good binge watch. Oh, it is that's a good binge the, watch. That's the one thing I'm kind of sad about with this right now. I mean, obviously to catch up, I'll be able to binge a little bit. Mm-hmm. But not as much as I was able to do last season. Right. Yeah. Then you just sit down and you just watch and your jaw just keeps going down, 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 down. down. Because it's kind of insane. <laughs> kind of? <laughs> <laughs> And this season is, of course, no different. Now, we are, as the time of this recording, um, four episodes in. Mm-hmm. And because 
I am the only one who has seen the first four episodes. <laughs> we went back, and we're talk tonight. We're going to talk about the very first episode of this season. So, if you're watching this season, this is old news to you. But if you're not watching Preacher, and you are listening to us because you like what we have to say about the Walking Dead shows, thank you for listening. We but appreciate it. Go turn the TV on and watch this. But God, you got to watch Preacher. It's so much, and it's in the same wheelhouse because it is. For all the fact that it is a it is a nineteen seventies exploitation western with God, it's also got horror elements. And so, if you're a horror fan, it's worth watching, especially with the second season where it really kind of moves into blood and guts and hyper violence and in a way they that didn't they didn't hide anything. No, no. They're just like, all right, here we go. <laughs> so, where things ended up last season was Jesse Tulip and Cassidy are have left town. Unaware that town is gone. <laughs> I like yeah. how it's almost there, but then they get distracted and walk away. They don't get to hear. Right? They never. The I, uh, there are two things, two things that keep happening in this sh this episode. That if they keep happening for the rest of the season, I'm going to get super annoyed. Uh, that's one of them, where they keep almost hearing that the town and everyone that they knew is dead. I'm almost interested. Just. In general, to see how they get distracted each time. No, I can do okay. If it does it like two or three more times, if it if <laughs> like by if by episode four they don't know that the town is gone, I'm gonna be irritated. Uh, having seen <laughs> the next four episodes, I'm not going to tell you because you guys haven't seen it yet. Right. But, so nice of you. Thank yeah, you. I don't want to give spoilers here. <laughs> and that's one of the great things about this show is that even if you have read the comic book. Even if you were a fan, because I read the comic book when, issue by issue when it came out back in the 90s. Um, this show takes a lot of what's cool about the comic book and riffs on it in an interesting new way. So you're not you're not watching the same kind of everything is exactly the same and beat by beat. They did a, they've done a lot that's completely different. And this season is no different uh, because there's a lot here that's completely new in terms of the stuff that is not in the comic at all, which is great. So... They, they're on the road. They don't know that the town has blown up behind them, and everybody they know is dead. Yeah, probably, most likely. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that nobody survived that. Right. Uh, they're on the road, and of course, Tulip is driving, and she's speeding because that's her job. That's her job is to drive really fast, about 100 miles an hour. She said 97. And come on, Eileen comes on the radio. Yeah, you know what I mean. Terrible song. And oh, shite! And yeah, no. And then they start uh, coming along, right? Just as the police see them and want to pull them over, and then after discussion whether or not they're going to actually stop, right? And they decide not to, and they go on a high-speed chase, singing "Come they're On." I'm almost out of gas. Yeah. <laughs> and the the visuals change to a 1970s road movie. You know, the whole uh, scratchy. Poor quality film stock, and the, the inside the car it goes from you know like Dustin pointed out yeah. pulling a they pull on a trailer to just flat out green screen work and yeah. it's so it's such a great little stylistic bit that works really really well until they run out of gas <laughs> right <laughs> and then you have to Are deal you with happy now yeah. <laughs> And then, of course, then you have to deal with the fact that the cops want Cassidy to get out of the car, and Cassidy, of course, is going to burst into flames if he's in sunlight. <laughs> One of my favorite little bits that they do is, like, so he gets 
you know, they go through this whole thing and he gets tackled by the police and then handcuffed. <laughs> and then, like, they're coming back, walking back up after he's been handcuffed and he's hand shackled and there's a police officer holding the umbrella for him and the sheriff or whatever is like, what are you doing? And he said, he, would, he said he would burst into flames. <laughs> <laughs> and then he... Well, and that's one of the, what's one, one of the strengths of this show and, and what they've done with it is just how you have these little character moments with characters who you're never going to see again. Yeah. And they're just really, really funny. You know, the, the, the cop is just there goes, he said he was going to burst into flames. Like, yeah. he really believes him. And he's like, I'm trying to help out here. And, you know, at this point, Jesse's like, do we really have to do this? Because I can yeah. do this thing. And Tulip's like, no, I don't like it. You know. Well, no, because he does the thing. He does. Oh, yeah, that's thing. right. He does the thing, and then they have the discussion. And then, while everybody's under the uh, uh, influence of Gideon, or not Gideon, Genesis, Genesis. does he? Do they have the the conversation about the first of several conversations? Yes. <laughs> but you know, it's like uh, you guys stand over here. You know, Mace. <laughs> Major balls. Major balls. Oh God. Well, I will say that I understand from a storytelling standpoint while they're doing this is the same reason we had such a bad time during season two of supergirl when you have a character that has powers or a power that make them basically invulnerable mm-hmm. you have to come up with little weird things to take them out of the action take those powers out of the action mm-hmm. preacher is going to use tulip to do that tulip is going to be standing behind uh, time jesse the entire run of the show going do you really have to do this? Do you really have to do this? And I think that's going to work better than the way Supergirl did it was with, to introduce Monel and just have him do everything. Yeah, I think well, Monel is just terrible. Yeah. There's a cut. Another thing, uh, and a spoiler for the comic. One of the ways they deal with it is, it's a sound-based power. So if you can't hear him, it doesn't work. And there's an upcoming episode. Uh, where, yeah, exactly. We, we we saw that in the first season where, um, what's his name? What's his name? The the Odin's assistant, who oh, basically right. who, yeah. Yeah, yeah so deafened himself. So that's that's just a real a real handicap handicap air quotes for Jesse's power, and and yeah, then there's Tulip going. I don't like it. You two hold hands. You just sing the <laughs> Yellow Rose of Texas, and they're having this you know discussion, and all of a sudden. One of the cops. Okay, when I saw that, (laughs) I saw that. Was that the one that had the mace? Because I'm just like, if you mace long enough, it was the one. It was the one who was getting the gas. Oh, that's right. Siphon your siphon gas out of the car. (laughs) Yeah, and then it turns into basically a slaughterhouse as the cops all try to respond, but whoever's shooting at them is just obliterating them. Every shot hits. blows off heads or chunks of chest and right. and it turns into a uh it's a funny it's a funny scene because Cassidy was here trying not to get set on fire <laughs> yeah. under the car but he's all crawling with it <laughs> trying to stop the car rolling by sticking a dead cop's head in there so <laughs> that explosion was awesome <laughs> And then <laughs> trying to blow the joint out so it doesn't blow up the gas. And... It just gets lighter and lighter. <laughs> and it's it's the scene of killers who we saw last season. 
and he's just mowing down the cops. Now they don't. They they no. Ain't nobody know who he is. Yeah. So they can't see who it is. All it's you know it's a. They think it's a sniper, but it's also a sniper who's really really good, and whatever he's firing is you know instantly fatal. And so they they run into the same problem is that they're still out of gas. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, I'm not, leave, I'm not leaving my car behind, Jess. And he's like, well, it doesn't have any gas. And she's like, I'm not leaving it behind. And she goes, well, okay, better siphon some. With what? He's in the intestines. And she's like, uh, no. And he goes, your choice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to find Cassidy. And, the, and he rescues Cassidy. And the next thing we see, Tulip's <laughs> face. She's covered. <laughs> She got her wedding. Oh, God. (laughs) And it's one of those things where nobody says anything to her about it. It's just her face is like blood on the side. You're driving and you've got the contestants falling behind. (laughs) And for such a hyper-violent series, I mean, in some degrees, it's a very serious show about where has God gone and, and, you know, really just dark, dark stuff. Uh, it's again hysterically funny. If you're not watching this show and laughing, um, I'm not sure what's wrong with you. I think right. that's the problem. So they go to they go to a convenience store, and the convenience store has serves the only purpose is to Jesse to show off his power. The the uh, Santa killers just show up later and discover that if Jesse's used the power, they can't answer the, the saints' questions. But that's not the important part of this scene. The important part of this scene is we now know. The exact uh, uh, ingredients to get the taste of blood out of your mouth, <laughs> because tulip has gone, and that's not the only taste that tulip has in her mouth. It's intestines, folks. <laughs> and so she has gone to the cooler and she's chugging stuff. Everything. And Cassidy, of course, our vampire, walks up and goes, uh, "No, no," <laughs> and he hot answers sauce. some hot sauce. And, Trust me. And then some yo, you who? I don't drink the stuff. I, 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 oh yeah, you who? And I think once every 10 years, I'll be in some gas station somewhere, usually a Love's, uh-huh. usually somewhere in Oklahoma, <laughs> and I'll just be like, hey, they've got Yoo-Hoo. Well, they always have Yoo-Hoo, but that's, I just want to notice it. I'll be like, I'm going to get one me. I'm going to get me one of these, and I drink it, and I'm like, yeah. I've actually never had. They have them here. You can buy, I've seen them. You can, you can yeah. buy them in, in pretty much any convenience store. I just haven't right. drank one. Yeah. But apparently it's you very... You guys have never had Yoohoo? No. Nope. Oh, next week. All right. Next, next week, week we are we are going to drink Yoohoo and drink hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> so we now we now know what the ingredients uh, to get the taste out. Mm-hmm. And it, apparently it works really well. Because she has the... the the relief on her face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was very happy with that one. So they they are going to go, and the whole point of this road trip is to go talk to Jesse's friend, Father Mike. And because Jesse thinks Father Mike might have answers because he's a scholar, and he's a minister, and somebody who Jesse's known all of his life. And uh, they go to Father Mike's, and a couple of things they notice right away, which is... Uh, Tulip has no intention of telling Jesse that she and Cassidy slept together. Which I can understand. Wait, yeah. okay. She was bored out of her mind with that one. It's just like, bam, bam, bam. I'm like, and she's just like, 
Yeah, and Cassidy clearly was not bored out of his mind. He's no, no, no. He yeah, he got his. He's got his torch and he's carrying it. And every time he looks at her, you could almost hear. Oh. In fact, in that scene, it's from his point of view, and you can hear music. Oh yeah. Oh, I like that. That was cute. And she's got and she's and she's, like, she's picking pieces of people out of her hair. Pieces and, of whatever. And he's like. Loving you. Anyway, second thing we, we know is that a good way to keep off Twitter is to be locked in a cage. A cover cage. Covered, covered by a tarp in someone's garage. I actually posted to Twitter like two things in the last few days. What? I know, it's like crazy because I never post to Twitter anymore. I was never very good at it, and and then I decided to post a couple of things. I gotta keep the people, all the cats that follow me on Twitter. Oh, well, there you go. Mm. So <laughs> I can I, I did not even require a cage nor a covered cage at that, but clearly the young lady who is in the cage. Not everybody wants to see a picture. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? What did they say? Sick girl in a cage. In a cage, a dark cage, and Cassie's like. Be surprised. <laughs> no, that's where you go to Tumblr, folks. So they go in and they find her there. She's like, give me a phone, give me a phone. She doesn't say, let me out. She says, give me a phone, give me a phone. No. And Father Mike shows up and he's like, young lady? <laughs> Do I need to call your parents? No. no. Well, you know, it is funny. You mentioned with the gas price being mm-hmm. $2.14, which is totally not what it is in Texas. So it's a little off base for where we are today yeah, that is perfectly on base where we are today with mm. people's obsession with social media oh yeah well <laughs> it's, I, I I get that I check Twitter probably six or seven times a day and I yeah. post I've got like 16,000 tweets oh. I'm pretty prolific I have nowhere near that many but I did I, did, I was what I you did call an a early adopter yeah. Yeah. so <laughs> Jesse's like, uh, hi, this is Father Mike. And Father Mike's like, hi, you want to come inside? Fine. <laughs> Shut up, girl. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> and so she's there, you know, they're like, what are you doing? He's like, sometimes parishioners come to me and they need help. And that help involves putting them in a cage, in a covered cage. Sometimes. <laughs> you couldn't do like a cellar or... Well, <laughs> works the best. Yes. He's like... So total strangers who have come into my house and tell me how to run my ministry. Yeah. And then I brought up oh, the bike is awesome. Texas is not really conducive. The ground in Texas, depending is it comes in basically two varieties. Swamp mm-hmm. and limestone. And you were thinking so, this was this was doesn't it looked really like the Beaumont Galveston yeah. Port Arthur area to me. Uh, which I don't know, I think that they were in East or West Texas to start, so I don't know. I I I could be wrong, but either way, air it's an arid place if you're anywhere besides the coastal region. Yeah, and so you can't do a basement in the coastal regions because they will fill with water, and you can't do a basement anywhere else because you would have to like get jackhammers and go through rock to get because like. After, like, the first two or three feet of sediment or whatever, mm-hmm. it's rock. Texas is, a, is rock. Yeah. Giant limestone formations. So, after uh, much banter with Father Mike, who is wonderfully snarky and deadpan, <laughs> and uh, an interesting look at 
the photo album of Jesse's parents getting married. They don't show the picture. They don't show the pictures, but they do get some foreshadowing uh, because Jesse's Jesse's parents are very very important not only for shaping who Jesse is, but the circumstances of how they came together and their marriage in the broader story of Jesse's life. His grandmother is a significant character, and we'll get a lot. I'm, I, I expect we're going to get that whole arc because it's very important in the comic. So it's going to be, if the, sh- the darker aspects of the show will get very dark during that, that period. Just a preview there for upcoming stuff. So uh, after basically Father Mike tells them, I don't know anything. Yeah, basically. He, he gives them a little poop first. So like when I was traveling Mesopotamia as a younger man, <laughs> I found this map, and everybody's like, "What? What?" He's like, "There's no map." So stop it! There's no map. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, and it was just exactly who I. In fact, my my uh, daughter's best friend spent the weekend with us, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I would say something, and. <laughs> <laughs> Dasani would go really, and Trinai would be like, "Look at his face." <laughs> <laughs> Just look, look at his face, and she's like, "Ow." <laughs> so, uh, the sleeping arrangements are not exactly all that ideal, because it involves uh, Jesse sharing a bed with Tulip, which he was happy about. And Cassidy, which he's not so happy about. And Cassidy snores. And so it sounded like Tulip snored a little too. And Jesse and Tulip are planning on getting all like, you know, sex. Sex sensual. Sexual sensual times together. But no. no as, not with Cassidy. Even people. though Cassidy pointed out that when he was a child when I was a child and we were all poor. You know, it happened all the time, you know, and you just got used to it, the sounds and the smells. <laughs> So you two go right ahead. You two go ahead and be fine. And they're like, yeah, no. No. <laughs> so Jesse gets up because Cassidy's snoring and ends up talking to Father Mike. And after he demonstrates Genesis, Father Mike is like, look, there was a there was somebody who came to me. She had alcohol problems. She she said she met God. I thought she was I thought she was you know just back on the sauce. But no, now talking to you. Well, here's your card and everything. And so they leave. And as Mike is there, he notices something out the window and realizes that he's not alone. And after the Saint of Killers kills his dog and breaks his door down, uh, he sees Father Mike sitting there waiting for him, and Father Mike's like, Go on in. Mm-hmm. Got whiskey. I got whiskey. Sit down. And he's, Where, you know, Where's the preacher? Preacher. And he goes, I'm the only preacher here. Preacher. Mm, no, well, you know, where is he? He's like, he was, he's on the last train to Georgia. Which yeah, Dodge yeah. City to run with Wyatt Earp. He's in, uh, he's what? Oh, he's going to uh, San Antonio. San Antonio to find your mother. <laughs> yeah, find, find your mother the whore. <laughs> and, <laughs> and finally, the Santa of Killers is like, you know, I can force you to tell me, right? Uh, and that knife that you've got hidden in your is not going to do anything. And he says, "Yeah, I know you can force me, but that knife isn't for you. It's so I won't tell you." And then he stabs himself in the chest. And the saint kind of looks at him like, "Huh?" Well, come on. <laughs> He's like, "Come on, you guys." 
All I want to do is find the preacher. And murder you a little. I want to murder you, and I want to find the preacher. Not necessarily in that order. Uh, here's another thing that's going to annoy me if they don't figure out a way around it. Mm. Um, if the Saint Killers is always just like four hours behind them. No. Because that's going to really become obnoxious for me. Uh, I, I, can, I will give you this spoiler. Um, next episode, he will not be four hours behind them. Well, I know he shows up at the end of this one. <laughs> no, I mean he will. He will very quickly be not four hours behind them. Okay. Uh, yeah. So anyway, they move on, and they don't know this is happening behind them. They go to find this this person, and they she runs a seedy old stripper club called She She's, which has. I think one of my favorite actresses, I have no idea what her name is, but the young lady whose job it was to stand outside the door because she had really nice legs. <laughs> you could tell that's exactly why this... She is center of the screen through most of that shot. And she's got long legs and black high heels and a, and a jacket that comes down to just above, you know, just below her, uh, her hips. And she's like... Against a dark background, she's got these, you know, these light legs are popping out. I'm like, they sat there and went, "Yes, this one, this woman stands here." <laughs> so I'm like, okay, sure. So they go in. This has been Tim proves his heterosexuality. <laughs> like I didn't notice that at all. I was just like, oh, they were really nice legs, guys. If you if you haven't seen the episode, anyway, because we probably go into a strip club full of. And if I were to sit there and say she had nice legs. I would be like, Mindy, <laughs> stroke my, my long So we're, 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 we're supposed to fit into gender roles here? Is that yes. what you're saying here? Okay, yes. well, I believe Dustin wants to put us in a little gender box. Greatly and strongly in the, in the gender binary, and you're, you have your, your padiddles and your padoodles, and somebody with a padiddle should only love someone with a padoodle, and someone with a padoodle should only love someone with a padoodle, and never the train shall meet, Tabitha. I should really bleep out Thank every. You, Dr. I should bleep out every single one of the padiddles, <laughs> just so that they don't know what Dustin said. <laughs> I'm, not, awesome. I'm not going to, but I should, because that be would be his. Wait a uh, <laughs> so. Anyway, Did beep actually make it on there. Yeah, I, I, well, I've got three different links of so, beep. Remember, and again, so. this is this that's that's obviously oh not how I really feel. Again, story from this weekend. Trinaya wanted Trinaya and Dasani wanted to go to Target, mm -hmm. and we were at the time in Big Lots, and I had acquiesced to Big Lots, and mm -hmm. we would go like wander around in Big Lots because I really wanted to go shopping just so bad. So we're wandering around Big Lots, and Trinaya, to get me to go, says, Daddy, Target has a lot more Barbies than Big Lots. You could see so many more Barbies. <laughs> and Target's thinking of Big Lots. And I was like, no, I'm going, I'm leaving now. <laughs> well, this, uh, our main characters of this show, however, promptly do behave in, in typical gender... Uh, manner because Cassidy goes off to Google the girls. Mm -hmm. um, Jesse goes off to find Tammy. Tammy, who's the woman in question they're looking for. And here's the scene where Tulip basically almost gets the information about the town boy. Because it's a big news story. 
Yeah. But as soon as she gets, you know, she asks what town, then Jesse goes, hey, I found her. Drags her off. So we don't get to find out. I think I got this really interesting look from Ruth Nega while they were, because she was kind of walking, because she heard about it in the, in the mm-hmm. uh, convenience store, too. She listened to the story. And as she was walking up to the bar listening to the story before, or this time, there was this, re- this look on her face. Mm-hmm. And then when she asked what town, I'm really beginning, maybe Tulip knows. Tulip's already putting two and two together that something horrible's happened back in pre- pre- Preacher Town. And, uh, <laughs> Whatever they was out yeah. That one place. That place, what, where they were. Yes. Yes. So they go in and they sit down and they talk to Tammy. And first of all, Tammy's like, I'm not telling you anything. And no, wait, she said she does tell them she does tell them that God was there. Mm-hmm. Because he talked talked about Father Mike. Uh, and although it does start off, you know, are you guys from the Tyus we're not there and not coming back again after the last time? They're like, I really want to know. Well, that's it. Tulip's first question was, what happened? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesse's like, we're not from the diocese, and me. And meanwhile, at the exact same moment, Tulip is like, what happened with the diocese was here? <laughs> so, but she's willing to tell them that God was there, and you know, people. She thought, you know, Father Mike thought she was crazy, but she, you know, God was there, and and then Jesse's like, well, what did, what, why did, was he here? And she goes, I'm not going to tell you, and he's like. Well, I really want you to. And she's like, I'm not gonna. And he looks at Tulip and goes, Now can I use the the power? Because can I do the thing? She's being a bitch, and I want I want answers. And Tulip's like, I don't know. It's kind of like mind control, and it's, <laughs> you know, it's a. He's like, What if I erase her mind? And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want Jesse to remember from season one. He was real bad at not being super specific right. with his things. So like. Like, if he were to, I would want him to be, like, super, I need you to forget the times between 1 p.m. <laughs> and 3 p.m. today. Not, I need you to forget this ever happened, because, like, what is this? Like, what, maybe it would have been like, oh, then she forget everything, and just, Tammy's a vegetable. Well, and we have established that Jesse, not the most careful individual. No. And so this is an issue, Yes. So they're having this discussion, and she's looking at them like, "What is wrong with these people?" Meanwhile, trying to call her bouncer on, <laughs> but her bouncer's busy because Cassidy <laughs> touched we, one of the dancers, which and, we get to watch behind them <laughs> because it's on one of the security cameras. Every time it cuts back to to, to Jesse and Tulip, you can see two monitors where the security is trying to deal with the super strong vampire. <laughs> because a super strong vampire could not keep his hands to himself. And if you've ever been in a strip club, one, of the, rule, one of the rules is don't touch the girls. It's like the, what was the Chris Rock song back in the day? Is 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 Cassidy super strong? <laughs> yeah, he's super strong. Yes. Okay. So. There is no sex in the champagne room. Yeah. <laughs> there is champagne in the champagne room. <laughs> <laughs> So while all this is going on, the stuff is happening in the background with Cassidy, and Tammy is not. She's like, "You guys have got to leave," you know. And, and she keeps calling for Steve, her thug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, her thug. And dog uses his name. And uh, <laughs> suddenly there's a gunshot, and she's got a hole in her 
and cast and Well, the, no, the fact that they're arguing, why do you keep coming back? He fell in love with one of the girls. And they're looking at the pictures of... The, and there's a, like, God was going for the blonde. Yeah, the sleazy blonde. Like, what type of woman would God have? And she looks at it after she's been shot, and Jesse goes over, he goes, tell me, and he uses uses the power of Genesis, and, and she goes, you idiots, you didn't come here for the girl. You came here for the jazz. And I hope you find him, because you'll shit yourself. Oh, my God. Uh... So does this mean does this mean that God loved La La Land? Like he was a super fan. No, of La La because Land. because God would look at La La Land and say, while the dance numbers were okay, the underlying story is cliched. And for all the fact it's a very pretty movie, it's not that good. But we digress. Never saw. Uh, it's got some good dance. It's got some good music. It's got good. It's got good dance numbers. That's about it. And it also has one of those the worst representations of a single actress attempting to do a one woman show in the history of one woman shows. Uh, yeah, never happens that way. Anyway, not that way or anywhere else for that matter. Maybe Podunk, Indiana. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so they leave and they go to a hotel, a motel. And uh, everyone's like, Cassidy, you idiot. And he's like, it was a three-second rule. I'm not an idiot. I'm just a moron. <laughs> She's like, it's not food. It's, you don't touch the girls. And so they get their separate rooms. And Jesse and Tulip get to have their moment. Yes. And we get another representation of the deep and powerful love they have for each other. Because she looks at him and says, you know what I love? About a motel room, going into the bathroom, and locking the door. After a bad day. <laughs> and he's like, come out of there. And she's like, nope. <laughs> and he goes, come out of there. And she goes, you know, make me. And he's like, fine. And he breaks the door down. <clears throat> and the look on her face when she is sitting in there waiting for him to break the door down, and the first of his punches that tears through the door is all like, Mini orgasm. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> it's on. <laughs> yeah. So this this again helps establish the nature of their relationship. Which is going to involve lots and lots of sex. With her underwear on. With her well, no, it's, everyone's underwear it's on. It's AMC. <laughs> yeah. They don't get to there's only so Cooper much, didn't take his underwears off either. There's only so much nudity they can get away with there. Okay. I mean come on, we we've got a show that lets you say shite. And uh, so, it's all well and good, of course, except there's someone who is following them. Mm-hmm. And they're continuing to follow them. Mm-hmm. And the Saint of Killers is not far behind. Mm-hmm. But in fact, at the end of the episode, he's walking up to the hotel while Jesse's standing outside smoking. And Jesse tries to command him to stop, and he don't, don't do it. So that's definitely not four hours behind. Yes, yeah, not yes. anymore. Now, interestingly enough, the if you caught it, the other group, the convention that's happening at the motel, the gun people, the gun people. So, I would imagine that next episode, having seen next episode, but you guys haven't, mm-hmm. I would imagine there's going to be a confrontation of some kind. And if you're wrong, then what? Then <laughs> minds will be blown. Uh-huh. <laughs> ah, possibly, 
blown away. <clears throat> Bullet holes and large chunks of flesh flying at the screen because that's the kind of show this is. And then we could have her picking it out exactly. of her hair again for Cassidy. If, seriously, folks, if you're not watching this show and if you enjoyed shows like Walking Dead or Fear the Walking Dead, uh, if you like... Well, no, because it's better. I don't see you guys hating on it yet. Well, it's fun <laughs> yeah. in, a, in a dark and demented way because it's hyper-violent. It's very dark material often, but it's really funny. A fresh, I mean, first season, you know, if you think about a lot of the situations that show the show dealt with were really dark and grim, but we laughed so much. Yes. And this season, people. this season is shaping up. <laughs> well, no, there's, no. <laughs> it's, it's designed to be that. And to give, to give credit to everyone who's involved with it, it's a really, really well-designed show for, for things about, you know, for dealing with humor in darkness, which is really cool. Um, I did want to say, speaking of dealings with, with uh, humor and darkness, or certainly a darker thing, we learned on the 14th that a stuntman for The Walking Dead died during a stunt on yeah. the show. Yeah. And uh, um, it's, been, it's been a lot of years since a stunt person has died on a set. I think something like 12 years. Well, and I think that one thing you have to to bear in mind is that if you do your job as a stuntman or a stuntwoman, nobody knows anything about it. You know, you're right. it is a really unsung profession. The folks in the profession, in the industry, a lot of you know the actors and the crews, they know who these people are, but most viewers do not. Mm-hmm. And uh, John Berniker, um, there was a it was a set it was a, it was a stunt for The Walking Dead, and unfortunately, it was a question of inches. Uh, between where he was supposed to hit in this in this fall scene that he was doing, and where he did hit, and it he was on life support, and his family uh, decided this wasn't going to be something that they were going to continue. So it it's very sad, and I think that I think if you don't know, if you're not paying attention to the stunt people, uh, there's so many people who are involved in making a film. We've made films. Yes, we've worked with crews uh, that you don't even. The people who watch the, the films don't have any idea who these people are or how involved it is. But the stunt people do a lot of work that is often very, very dangerous. And they are professionals who are able to do a lot of dangerous work very, very safely. These kinds of accidents are rare. But they're still very, very sad. And if you've worked with these folks on a crew and you lose someone on a crew, they're like, it's like losing family. Especially for the folks who've been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been working with these folks for years. So... Our condolences to his family, the cast and crew of The Walking Dead, uh, and everyone who, all of his friends, and we're very, very sorry for your loss. Um, <clears throat> so, I brought us all down here at the end. Yay, me. Uh, on the other hand, the new Doctor Who is a woman. So, Hooray, there we go. I'm actually, a fan, I'm actually a fan of this idea. Anyway, Lady women. That's right. Folks, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with, uh, well, at this point, it'll be the next four episodes because the fifth episode comes out tomorrow yeah. right. so you two got to catch up you got yes. four episodes to catch up on before next week I will get heard us will show up so there I we go alright and then we will we will catch you guys up before we come back to Teen Wolf thank you for listening uh, folks yes, and Mendy has to watch all <laughs> six oh, yeah. seasons of Teen Wolf yeah, yeah. Teen Wolf awesome <laughs> you have I haven't watched anything but this season still okay. so just catch yourself up on this season <laughs> anyway thank you for listening folks um, we will be back next week with more of this of course find us on iTunes and uh, podcast.com obviously but you can also listen to our other podcasts there you can follow us on Facebook and you can watch us on YouTube doing all kinds of neat stuff there 
live on Twitch. Live on Twitch. In fact, this weekend we did uh, Sci-Fi for Chicks live on Twitch. Oh. And we've done H2O live on Twitch a couple of times as well. Yes. So we maybe we'll see what we actually look maybe like. Maybe we'll do one of these episodes live on Twitch. Maybe. Although I don't necessarily know how much fun that would be to watch us all sitting on my couch and me slowly but surely sinking <laughs> to the ground because <laughs> we do these late That's in the true. evenings. Um, we'll so, bring the liquor and the you know the yoo and we can do it. There you go. Yeah, next week when we do the yoo we'll there do we it. Go. Yeah, we won't. We, we won't. won't do it next Don't. week. Anyway. Take that nod. It's common. <laughs> all right, folks. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Dustin? Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Mindy? Thank you, Tim. And thank you guys for listening. Do you want me to say something? <laughs> <laughs>